This podcast is brought to you by Langley and Benack, a full-service South and Central Texas law firm that delivers the highest quality legal advice coupled with exceptional client service. From our main office in San Antonio, we provide the resources of a national firm while maintaining close ties to the communities in which we practice. To learn more, please visit us at langleybenack.com. That's langleybenack.com or call us at 210-736-6600. Today's episode is part one of a three-part series spotlighting the Langley and Benack New Braunfels office. This series is hosted by David Pfeiffer. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Langley and Benack podcast are for information purposes only and should not be considered legal or professional advice for any particular situation. The presentation of this informational content does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you would like to meet with one of our attorneys, please contact us through our website at www.langleybenack.com or call us at 210-736-6600. Good morning, New Braunfels. This is the first ever Langley and Benack New Braunfels Office podcast. And uh, I'm here with my first guest, who is Nathan Manlove. We're hopeful in this series to have uh, three different guests. Nathan, who is with the, he's the president of the Greater New Braunfels Chamber of Commerce in his volunteer life, but he's also the president of the AMO Group, and he will tell us a little more about that. We're also going to have Teresa uh, Ulrich Johnson, who is a real estate agent, realtor with Berkshire Hathaway here locally, and she is a, uh, a volunteer extraordinaire around town. And our final guest will be the Honorable Sherman Krause, who is our sitting and longtime county judge. And so first off, Nathan, welcome. Glad to have you well, here. Uh, thank you. It's a lot of pressure uh, for the first ever uh, podcast for here. So I well, do, I've do. i always been jealous of Sherman with the name like Honorable, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of awesome, really. But what's interesting, the county judge doesn't have to be a lawyer. In fact, Sherman's not a lawyer. So you could be county judge and the Honorable Nathan Manlove someday if if you're brave enough and foolish enough to run for office. Well, yeah, there is that, but mine might be the uh, slightly tipsy uh, Nathan Manlove judge, <laughs> which you know might not be the best option. <laughs> All right. Well, as a native New Braunfelser, I'm I'm really excited to host <laughs> this podcast and and kick it off and see see where it goes, and so. Tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and, and how did you find your way to our uh, our lovely little hamlet? Sure. Well, I've I've lived in New Braunfels. I was adding up this morning uh, 20 years, uh, which is, you know, I'm still what you uh, locals would call an Auslander. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a great town. And, you know, the short version of me arriving here was my wife and I were living in Austin and uh wanted to buy a house as, as fairly newlyweds. And we took a realtor, they took us around Austin and showed us a few storage sheds that we could afford. And we said, well, okay, so we're not gonna live in Austin. 
and I looked at San Marcos and, you know, that, that was a college town. We were, we were not that age. And so uh, there was this town called New Braunfels and I came down here, uh, drove around, loved it. Uh, you know, I tell people that was the first time I was here. I drove up San Antonio street toward main plaza and I thought, wow, this is really great. Then uh, the houses were affordable. We bought one with the intention of saving up some money uh, for a down payment and going back to Austin in about six months. And it's been 20 years. And thank God that uh, we did not go back up there because this is this is home. I love it here. Well, that's that's perfect. And I guess the growth that that sort of maybe helped usher you out of Austin, it, it appears to be showing up here uh, in droves these days. So how does the growth that we're experiencing, how does that affect you in both your role with the chamber and also your role with, with your advertising company? Well, I, I mean, on both fronts, David, I, I view it as an opportunity uh, to be in a successful town is, is a blessing uh, on the chamber front, you know, as chair of the board last year, uh, you know, I got to go to ribbon cuttings and be, you know, kind of an inside look at the chamber operations and, economic development and things like that. And, uh, you know, having grown up in a town up in North Texas that is not growing, if anything, it's, it's shrinking year by year. There's a market difference between the two places. So as it pertains to my business doing marketing and, uh, you know, the chamber growth a, a good thing. I, I, I can't, uh, I can't complain about it. It does, you know, there are challenges of it, but I'd certainly choose the challenges of growth over the challenges of non-growth or shrinking uh, for a community. So, uh, you know, it, as it pertains to my, my business, we're, we're actually, you know, and I think it would be the same for any business in New Braunfels right now, that to be here now and having had been here for 20 years, as, it, as our community grows, it's an opportunity for those of us who are here and established to, to, uh, to grow as well. So it, it's a good thing. Sure. The, uh, the chamber here locally has been a real driving force in, in many areas and in, in creating many, many things over, over the years. And, and do you see that continuing in the future? Yeah, I do. The chamber here, and again, as chair of the board, I've, I've been a member since I got here. As chair of the board, I really got to see just how active the chamber is and how much uh, the employees there and the members there care for the community. So it's a it's a job, sure, over there, but it's also a labor of love. I mean, they, they want the best for the community. And so that that helps other people buy into that mission. And the chamber, I mean, I tell you, they, they are smart and they're, they're mission minded. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to stay strong. Uh, I view it for my part as a private business owner. They're my voice uh, on, on, on economic development, on advocacy uh, with the city, uh, with my peers. And so I, I view that as an outlet of myself, an extension of my own business. Sure. Tell, tell the viewers about the ammo group and what you all do and, how do you fit into the community here? Sure. Uh, the Ammo Group is a full-service marketing agency. I started it um, back in 2001, uh, the day before my wedding, when I got laid off from my job. <laughs> so uh, 
that was a that was that's another that's a story for another longer podcast. But <laughs> the the that's the short version of it. Out of sheer desperation, I started a company, and uh, you know, I I have worked in agencies my whole life before that, um, so I kind of knew I how I wanted to make it operate, and so we you know I wanted us to be full service. So when it comes to Anything anybody wants, I think it's important for uh, us. Back to we talked about growth. As our town grows, I want my company to be, uh, you know, full service and able to be the one who can do whatever anybody needs. So we're kind of, I, I kind of, we're kind of good at marketing stuff. You know, coming up with uh, differentiation and things like that, so that people uh, can really stand out with their marketing. Sure, I know that a lot of the the organizations and events that I'm involved in. I see you and your company helping them all the time. And what percentage of, of your business would you say is local versus um, outside of the New Braunfels area? You know, that's an interesting question. And it's because when I first got here to New Braunfels in early '02, 2 uh, the vast majority of our work was not here. I was working for Sprint. Uh, and that's who laid me off, you know, in 01, everybody remembers the uh, dot-coms were in technology were doing great then. So I didn't have a job. Uh, but when I was laid off, so were a lot of my counterparts and they, they all got jobs other places eventually and hired, hired my company. And so that was, that was a real blessing, you know, in disguise. So when I came here again, we were coming here just to buy a house and, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anything about New Braunfels at that time. So uh, as time went on, I, I got invested here and joined the chamber and started kind of getting around. And over time, by and you get it here, David, when you give to our town, you get from our town. Sure. This is a very gracious community for people who really care about it. And so at, at right now, you know, as this time has gone on, out of town businesses, you know, as a percent has done this and in town business has done that. So uh, we're, we're, I don't know if we're, we're probably like 75, 80% local here now, which is, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. But so it, there's still a decent percentage of, of work that you're doing outside the community. Mm-hmm. And so my, yeah. I guess my point is, is if, if somebody from San Antonio is watching this podcast and they're looking for somebody in, in your area of expertise, there's no reason they shouldn't pick up the phone and call you or, hit your website or something like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the way, the way the internet works, uh, you know, we can do business anywhere. Uh, you know, so we work for Sprint. A lot of their stuff is California or the East coast, you know? And so it's just a matter of doing what we're doing here. You can see face to face and still meet. So technology's changed a lot of that, but to me, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I guess what I say, um, it's kind of indicative of our town as to how well it's doing that. Uh, we can all do work here and be fine. You know, if it was 100% here, I would be fine. So sure. it, it's just nice to be in a town that's growing and booming financially. What are what are some of the challenges that you see for our area and how do those affect you both in both of your roles that we're talking about today, the your business along with the chambers? Well, I mean, everybody will say growth. Um, you know, I don't, again, like I said earlier, I don't view growth as a, as a challenge necessarily. I mean, there are things that come with it, but to me, it's perspective. Having set the light at William Cannon 
and Mopac in Austin about five rounds, you know, trying to get to work every morning. That's, that's to me, traffic. You know, here, I used to not have to wait at all, you know, we're like for one cycle of light, maybe I have to go twice, but sometimes, you know, at five o'clock. So that's perspective. I mean, I, to me, sure. traffic is not so bad here. But, you know, beyond that, I think that to me, something that I'm passionate about for our community is, is getting people to, um, who are new here to understand how special this place is and really embrace our culture. Uh, and, you know, and, and really get that this is, this place is awesome. And, you know, you're, you're, you're a part of an organization I am and I don't mind saying worst best. We, we go to a school and ask the kids, <clears throat> Hey kids, how many of you uh, have been to worst fest? And, you know, I would expect all of them and sometimes it's half. And so as our city, as our, our community grows, you know, getting people to get plugged in to it and, what that leads to is what to me is pretty special about our town is the ownership people have in it. And you're, you're a good example of that. People who uh, are fiercely loyal to this town and take ownership in it. And I think that to me, if there's any challenge, it's maintenance of our culture in, in the middle of growth. Well, thank you for those kind words. I do. I do love New Braunfels. It's um it's kind of a funny story. When I, when I graduated from A&M, I thought I wanted to be in real estate. And I finished in 1987 at the height of the real estate collapse. My, my degree was finance with a, with a heavy dose of real estate through the real estate MBA program. And lo and behold, somebody was foolish enough to offer me a job in Houston. And, uh, when it came right down to moving to Houston, it, it really scared the tar out of me. And I decided, and I realized at that point, no, I want to live in New Braunfels. So what, what should I do to, you know, to be able to live there and, and hopefully make a, a decent living. And so my father was the state district judge and I thought, I know I'll go to law school. Well, I hadn't taken the LSAT. I really hadn't planned. And, and, um, but it led me to go to law school and it gave me the opportunity to be back here, which, it, it, it took uh, just about being forced to move to Houston to figure out, and I guess I had never put enough thought into it, but I'm really glad that that, that happened because it is, it, you know, we have an amazing town. Yes, it's growing, but, you know, I don't think, you know, I think there's a lot of people that, that move here and they say, oh, we need to stop the growth, but I don't think there's a way to stop it anyway. Um, no at best you can do is manage it. And I would say that I think that historically our city officials and our county officials have all done a really good job in, in doing the best they can with the, uh, with the growth that's going to come and, and the change that it's going to bring. And, and I probably you as well, it seems to me that, that there's, it's become far more important in the last 10 or 20 years to uh, support and revel in our cultures that live here and have been here forever as compared to when I was a child. You know, there, there was a whole lot, it seems to me, a whole lot less of an emphasis. Now, maybe I just wasn't paying attention or, or whatever, but I read an article, for example, um, in the San Antonio Express yesterday 
about the, I think it was the eight best places to, to get German food in, in New Braunfels. And there were, there were a couple of places that I didn't even think of, but there's, there's a whole lot of, uh, things like that going on. And we'll talk about, we'll talk about, um, Worst Fest in just a minute, because like you, that's one of, one of my great loves as well. Is, uh, is there any kind of project that the, uh, the chamber's working on that is something big that uh, you might want to talk about on, on our show today? Yeah, I think that there is, there's something that figures in what we're talking about really is, um, you know, as, as, as things grow, I mean, again, I, I always say growth's a good thing. I have no problem with that, but you know, it becomes an identity thing to me that, well, okay, we're growing and that's a good thing, but what do we want to be? What do we want to do? You know, how do we, how do we guide that growth to where we want it to be? And I know that the chamber is working with the economic development foundation, the 4B board and the city uh, on uh, economic development strategic plan to, uh, to come up with ways to, to guide that. And, you know, what do we want to do? What are our best opportunities? And what excites me about that is, you know, that kind of stuff happens anyway, but when you have different groups working together, man, uh, what, what's going to come out of that? I, I couldn't be more excited about. So that, that's pretty, that's a pretty big deal to me is, is how that happens. And when that comes together, I think that's going to be kind of done in the spring sometime in May that'll get rolled out. And I'm, I'm excited about it. Sure. All right. We have a lot of festivals here as, as you know, and so I think I know the answer, but so let's, what is your favorite festival that we have? Because I have a good festival. Yeah. So that's mine. Mine as well. Worst fest. Um, have, have you ever been to Oktoberfest? Not in Germany. No, I have not. I know you have. Well, interestingly, I I had never been there. I was a little worried about going there. I I, I wound up uh, going on a traveling Aggies trip that a Austrian gentleman leads to Oktoberfest. And so I felt like that was a, a good way to go because you have somebody who's a pro and, and uh, whatnot. But I always assumed that Worstfest was probably a really poor knockoff of, of Oktoberfest. And, and then when I got there and I saw the grounds and I saw, you know, how they did everything, I realized, wow, Worstfest is really very authentic in many, many ways. And, and I think some of the ways that we differ were even better. So, you know, it really gave me a, an even greater appreciation of Worstfest and what it, what it is and, and how it pulls off the, the magic that, that happens. So that was, that was interesting. Well, here's my follow-up question though. Since Worstfest is, is sort of the, uh, the granddaddy of all of our festivals, What's your next favorite festival? Oh wow! Well, let me let me answer Worst Fest a little bit first. Then okay. I'll cover that. Um, I have myself and a small group of people. We we have taken it upon ourselves to go tour uh, Oktoberfest here in the U.S. And I've been to a bunch of them uh, by now, and every time we go to one, even the ones that are in gigantic cities, there is nothing even close to Worst Fest. There's, I mean, not in the ballpark. And these are, you know, 
the biggest one in the nation, people will say, and you go there and it doesn't have the same feel, the same quality, uh, you know, the grounds dedicated to this. Right. People don't have that. And so it's, Worst Fest is pretty special and it's, it's done right. It's a quality festival from the top to the bottom. I mean, I mean, you go with, you go there and it's clean, you know, you go to other cities and there's maybe trash things and you know worst fest is not that worst fest is quality and so i'm you know back to our hundred thousand people town to have a festival like that done that well man that's awesome right. we, we, i keep saying the word awesome and so do you but that's that's kind of what uh things like that set our town apart and so sure. second favorite that's a that's a tough one i mean uh i'm kind of some friends and I came up with the Hill Country Craft Beer Festival. And so that's that's a pretty good one. Uh, you know, it's uh, I like craft beer. And so to go to a festival that's got uh, over, you know, hundreds and ton of them to sample is pretty cool. And it's on the good side Rock and R. So it's, you know, it's nice grounds and there's food and, and beer. So I kind of like that one. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of downtown. So, you know, Wine and Sanger Fest is great. Uh, one of the coolest things I've done downtown, and I don't know, did you come to it? I, you have to tell me if you did. I think maybe you did. Was the supper on San Antonio Street that we did a couple of years ago? I guess uh, not. Oh, it was, it was awesome. It's It was a fundraiser for the Downtown Association. And what we did, we took picnic tables and lined them down San Antonio Street, kind of from Henny Hardware almost to the tracks. Big, long table. Okay. And then you would buy a table and then you and eight friends or seven friends would be sitting there and the restaurants in the area would come and serve family style uh, all down this table. And we, we had several hundred people and, you know, live music. And so it ended up being family style eating and we're passing the bowls to each other and, you know, things like that. And that's kind of a, a cool thing that you can't do in a lot of other towns. That, that was a neat one too, but you know, yeah. our town is a good, good at beer. So count me in on, on a beer festival. I really like I really like Wassel Fest simply because oh yeah yeah you know downtown New Braunfels during the Christmas season is as you know it's lit up it's gorgeous it's beautiful and then closing off all the streets and I mean yeah. I don't know how many thousands of people show up but but there's yeah. a lot of them and um, and it's you know great fun and a couple of years ago it even snowed pretty pretty hard during Wasn't that the best really made it amazing it was uh oh that was so cool that was cool <laughs> that was yeah that was awesome you know what something that i think you would agree that what how do i say this people talk about growth and our town's going to grow and things are going to change it's just what it is but what makes new Braunfels new Braunfels is sure we have rivers we have a great downtown we have green we have all these things but what makes our town special is the people. And that's why festivals matter. That's why when you go to Wassel Fest, you know, I'm at the way, you know, watching the Wade Bowen concert at Wassel mm-hmm. Fest this year, and you, you look around, you're going to see 10 people you know. And that that is not going to change here. Uh, and that's what, you know, you can say all you want. Oh, growth. Our town is people. And so we talk about, and you, you said it, that, you came back here. People come back here. People stay here. People don't leave here. I don't. I came from a town where people wanted to get out. I can't wait to go somewhere else. And I'll be sure not to ask you what town that is. So. 
Well, it's just, you know, it's not growing. It's got, you know, there's things about it, but it's just not growing. And so it's, it's, it's the people here are what make the town. I guess I'll just say that. So we we were not going to lose that because people like you come back and, and take ownership of it. Well, one of the things that I've seen is we, we do have a pretty big population of people that I would say out of necessity, um, live here. I run into, in, you know, in, in, in my line of work, if you move into Kamau County, a lot of times, if you have any need to be involved in the, in the court system, uh, the legal system, it's based on where you reside. So even though they may not have much to do with New Braunfels, they, they still have to engage with us. And so one of the things that I've seen is you know, you have a, a, a couple and one of them works in San Antonio, one of them works in, in Austin. And so this is sort of the, the, the halfway point for each of them. And so more out of necessity, they they choose to live here. And a lot of those folks, they're busy and they don't they don't get very involved in the local community. And so, you know, they're part of the growth, but they're not somebody that we largely get to know, but the people that are really involved, I think in, in the city and the history, you know, those are the folks like you, like me, like Teresa, like Sherman, you know, like a lot of people around here, you know, we see each other all the time. Obviously Sherman, for example, is, is a member of Worst Fest also. Teresa's uh, an Oma, Teresa's husband is, is an Opa in the Worst Fest. So, you know, we're all, uh, involved in a lot of the same things. So we do see each other, but, uh, let's turn to another topic. One of my favorite topics and that's food. So Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, our restaurant choices were pretty limited. I remember when we became a, uh, a one McDonald's town. And then I remember when we became a two McDonald's town and that was a big deal as a, you know, as a, that means you're awesome. You're cool at that point. As, 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 as a junior high or high schooler. But so tell me your favorite restaurant. Tell me what, what restaurants you like, because we've got great ones around here now. I mean, yeah, I, I can't say a favorite. I mean, it depends on the mood. I mean, we have sure. so many good ones. I, I kind of like being downtown. You know, there are really great restaurants in my office down here. I can walk to Muck and Fuss. And that's a really good restaurant. Uh, yeah, right across from I, our office. Yeah, I walk by your office and, and wave at you and every way back. Um, but um, they got me in the back, hidden <laughs> away. I, you know, I, I surprisingly, uh, my my wife, if she watches, will kill me. Uh, but I go to uh, this restaurant called Cancun uh, fairly often. It's sure. over by the post office, and uh, that's that's a good place. Um, you know. McAdoo's downtown is awesome. I mean, I can. You were here when Myron's opened, and everybody's like, "You're going to open a prime steakhouse in downtown New Braunfels. You're nuts!" And they they are sold out every day there on seats, and so yeah, it's just kind of funny. I'll tell you a funny story about that. So, so my great grandfather built and owned the building and buildings where uh, where Myron's is located, and we sold those to Ron Snyder, who we unfortunately lost recently. And, um, and so I was talking to Ron later and I said, so, you know, what are you going to do with, uh, with the buildings? He said, well, I've got, you know, the in-space lease to, uh, 
to this fella, Bill Bean, who's going to put in a, uh, a Ruth's Chris sort of style high-end steakhouse. And I thought, okay, wow, that's a price point that's never been, you know, tried in New Braunfels. And, and, and I said, well, I assume he'll have a huge lunch crowd because, you know, that's downtown was mainly, mainly a lot of lunch business at the time. And he said, he said, he's not going to be open at lunch. And I, <laughs> I said, you gotta be kidding. I mean, that's the only Everybody time. Everybody thought that. <laughs> that's the only time people are there. And he said, he, he said, well, I said the same thing to him. And his response was, if somebody comes down and buys a, you know, at the time, a $15 steak, they're not going to come back at night and buy a $30 steak for dinner. And I thought, okay, well, this, this may be a, uh, a short trip for, for the old steakhouse. And then, and then look what it's done. And it's, you know, it's fabulous. And, it's uh, it's definitely one of my favorites, and you mentioned McAdoo's, really and now good. their their sister sister restaurant La Cosecha. I really, I love yeah. the food over there too. Yeah, man, it's good. They do things right. Let me ask you this, and I'm, I was trying to tell someone the other day about uh, Myron's when they opened. What all was there? I mean, there was Wiesach, Callahan's. What else was downtown at the time, restaurant wise? Down, besides those two? Well, the former iteration of Krause's may have been around. You know, it, it, it was, it was yeah, there. It was Freezing House, freezing yeah. house for a while and then it closed. And I don't remember the timing, but there wasn't a whole lot. There, there wasn't a whole lot. And, and that's why it was so crazy was, you know, downtown yeah, was not was, a whole lot going on. You're going to open a prime steakhouse. It really was crazy. But, you know, one of my favorites, and, and if I have, I'm, I'm really lucky. I have a lot of friends from not only out of town, out of state, and around the world. And, and when they come visit us, the one place that I take everybody is Krause's. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. you know, Krause's is, is sort of, you know, old school New Braunfels with a with a updated, you know, twist and flair. And, and um, have you ever had the Munich platter there? No, I don't believe I have. What is if that? You, if you haven't had it, the next time you have some some friends from out of town, um, it's a platter for sort of four to six people, and it has a little bit of everything. It has their pork shank, it has schnitzel, it has sausage, it has sauerkraut, red cabbage. It's got a, uh, a Shiner Bach uh, Dunkel reduction gravy. It's fantastic. Oh, and, wow. and they bring it out wow. on this giant platter and everybody in the, in the place is looking at you like you stole something from them <laughs> wondering, how did you get that? And it's really, yeah, really good. I've never heard of that. It sounds amazing. All on a bed of big old bed of mashed potatoes. So, and you just, everybody kind of grabs some and, it, and it's, it's fantastic. So if you ever have a, have a chance, get one of those. It's, it's Maybe really what, good. What year was it that, that Krause's the first iteration closed. Oh, uh, you're going to have to ask somebody. You were, with, but you that? were here when it was open, right? Weren't you here when it was oh, open? Oh, sure. Krause's? So the original Krause's, when I when I was a child, it was you know the old Krause's Cafe Diner, and and you know same location. You went in there, and and um, 
you know, it was kind of a, I would say a typical Texas diner, but they did have a, a lot of German dishes, a lot of sausage dishes, things like that. And then our Rotary Club, we met there um, for quite a long time. Uh, and then and then it closed and, and Ron Schneider bought the property and he redid it and leased it to uh, Gunter Dirks, who opened mm-hmm. Friesen House. And uh, his opening, that's an interesting story that, <laughs> that we can always talk about. But Gunter was a ship captain and not a restaurateur. And, and so his, his uh, initial opening was rocky. But ultimately, he, uh, I think he did a, a pretty darn good job. And he had one of the most um, amazing Jaeger schnitzels and Jaeger schnitzel sauces. Uh, I still have cravings for it to this day and can't get it. Um, but to tell you how good it is, I was traveling with this friend from Austria. And I said, oh, when you come to Texas next... Um, I got to take you to this German restaurant so you can try this, this Jaeger schnitzel sauce. And he said, he said, David, I'm not coming to Texas and eating German food. And so I was like, okay, I, I get it. I, I get it. That makes sense. So as he's coming into town, I said, well, let's meet over at Friesen house for a beer. And then we can decide, you know, what your plans are. Cause he had a lot of clients in Texas. He was going to be visiting. So we met for a beer and, and so I asked Gunter, I said, bring us some of that Jaeger schnitzel sauce and maybe some of your German fried potatoes to try it. So he brought it out. Well, Herbie takes a bite. And next thing I know, he and Gunter are having a 30-minute discussion in German that I don't understand a word of, where they, you know, they're talking all about this sauce and how it's made. And there's some ingredient that, that, that uh, Gunter would have shipped from Germany because it just wasn't available here. And um, so Herbie goes off and he travels around for about a week and he calls me and he says, I'm going to be back in New Braunfels on Saturday. I said, okay. And he said, I'm going to get there about lunchtime. Uh, do you think we could have lunch over at Friesen house? <laughs> and so I thought, wow, that that's yeah, pretty well, special. If the guy who says I'm not coming to Texas and eating German food is requesting it. So that turned and out. Gunter, he was a, he was kind of a character too, man. He was a funny guy. He was. He moved. You know where he's living now? I think he's he's in he's in Uruguay. Oh wow! He moved. He and his family moved to Uruguay because of. Uh, I think he likes the politics down there because of, you know they leave people alone and and uh, so anyway he yeah Gunter Gunter was a great fella and, it, and it's such a shame the the restaurant burned. That was the second time that property. Yeah. Happened. So. It burned yeah, once as Kino's barbecue, and then it burned as as freezing house. So anyway, yeah, that's not cool. You know, you mentioned Ron, and that's one thing that you know makes our town special is people like that guy who, uh, you know, just took chances on on a steakhouse, on taking a building and putting up a beer garden. He took the old Harold building, you know, and, I'm, and I talked to him before he did that one. He said, "Yeah, I'm just going to turn that to a restaurant." I said, "What are you going to have in there?" He's, "I don't know. I'm just going to I'm just going to do it," and he would he would go out on a limb for things and just do it because he wanted to improve, you know, the area, you know, he wants to make money obviously, but he would just make things better and do things right. And so man, what a, what a blessing that guy was for, for downtown. Absolutely. I mean, if, if, if you look at 
you know, the downtown renaissance that's occurred over the last 25 years, you know, Ron Snyder is single-handedly the person who did more than probably everybody else put together. I mean, we've had a lot of great people, a lot of great things down there, but you know, if you go down the street and look at all the buildings that he bought and, and redid and, and, you know, our buildings that he bought from us, I mean, we were slumlords at best. They, they were in horrible condition and, and what he did there was tremendous. So he, uh, he really, he really changed downtown. So yeah, anyway. absolutely. But, uh, I have a question for you, if I could ask it. All right. You were, you were talking Blue. about, and we oh, talked no. about this a little bit. I did, but I want to hear your feedback on it. Um, you know, you, we talked about people who uh, maybe work in San Antonio and Austin just use this as home base, basically. Right. Um, how do how do we engage people like that? Because for us to, and I, I say it all the time. You've heard me say it that you know I will fight tooth and nail to make sure that New Braunfels is never a suburb. But to do that, we've got to have people that view this as my home and are invested in the town. And so engaging people who uh, come home from work and just kind of want to crash and not get involved, I think that's kind of a challenge for us to deal with. So what are your thoughts on how we do that? Well, you're right. It is a challenge. And I think the way you do it is largely the way we are doing it. And that is... The first way you're going to get folks that, you know, are, are using it as a as the halfway point, so to speak, and may not be involved. But the first way to get them involved is through something fun that they can do locally. And so all these festivals accomplish that in many regards. All the great restaurants, particularly the, the great downtown restaurants or the great restaurants out in the green area, you know, yeah. that will attract those folks instead of, you know, saying, well, I'm going to go have dinner in, in San Antonio where I grew up, where I know everything. They say, well, let's try something down there. Or maybe there's, you know, Wassel Fest or Wine and Sanger Fest or whatever. They come down and they have a great time. They see, you know, a fantastic area of town and how pretty it is. They meet some people, you know, every time we have one of these festivals, largely all these booths are run by nonprofits. They start talking to somebody and next thing you know, um, you know, they find out, wow, I could, I could do this. I could, I could be involved in this event. And so I've seen a lot of people like that, that have gravitated from really, not expecting to be involved in the New Braunfels community getting involved, but I think you got to hook them with something fun and something exciting. It, it, it's a lot of people don't realize, I think that, that they have, you know, a volunteer gene in them until they participate in something as, as a, as a guest, they show up for, you know, the, uh, the craft beer festival. The next thing you know, they, they're thinking, wow, I'd, I'd like to do that. You mean I can sign up and be one of the servers? And, and so they get involved that way and it yeah. sort of snowballs and leads from one thing to the next. So this town gets in your blood. And it I does. think that's what you're saying is oh, yeah. when you, the more you go do things here and the more you see, wow, this, this is a locally owned business or this is a nonprofit benefiting from this. 
you can't help but but care about this place because everyone loves it so much and wants it to be its best. And I think that that's, that's special. It really is. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, I don't know what our time is, but it looks like we're probably needing to wrap up. I know that you and I could probably talk for another, you know, several hours if we just wanted to pick a topic about town and talk about it. But um, is there anything else you want to tell our viewers or share with our viewers before we sign off? Just, uh, you know, if, if, if I wanted my, my two cents is let's, let's get involved in our town. Um, you know, I want to, I want to be the, one of the people who, if you say anything bad about this place, I might punch you, you know, and I, I think I'm already kind of there, but that love for this place will keep us. I mean, we have to start, do what we do now in 10 years from now. If we want to keep New Braunfels how it is. Let's start now and really everybody, all of us get involved and, and shape the future of our town. So I love this place, man. I, I, I told my kid, he was born here. I'm like, man, I'm jealous of you because you were born here. I was born in, uh, in Dallas. So, you know, it's, I wish I was like you from here. So sure. no, I, I got you. I, I feel very, very blessed to, uh, you know, to have the, the family history that, that, that my family enjoys having been here for so long. And, and it's a, mm-hmm. it's a neat thing. And, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's pretty cool saying, yeah, I was born over at McKenna. Well, now Christmas <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the children's museum over there. <laughs> What's that? In the children's museum, they would say, no, it was a hospital. Back in the yeah, exactly. But how many generations, how many generations are, are you on the boat? You know, well, it's, yeah, so it's an interesting, a little bit of an interesting story. So, so my great, I think it's three or four great grandfathers ago, he and brought his family, including um, a couple of his sons from Germany in 1845 uh, in the second set of boats, not the original set, or maybe it was, he may have been in the original set that came over, but what happened was they landed at Indianola and had to cross Galveston Bay to hit the trail to start up to New Braunfels. And, and originally the plan was to go to Fredericksburg and, um, and they were on a ferry with all their belongings and the ferry capsized and they lost oh, wow. everything. And so they arrived in Texas in 1845, but once they lost everything, they didn't have, they didn't have any money to get on the trail and, and head to New Braunfels with. And so um, they stayed in, in Galveston for a year, year and a half to try to earn enough money to then get on the trail. And so they did. And they came up in either 1846 or, or 1847. I think they actually, I think they must have been on the second wave of boats because I think they arrived in, in November of, of 1845. And... Um, but what's interesting, and here we'll play as as a final thing, we'll play a little quiz that I love, and that is that is this: in about eighteen fifties, eighteen fifty ish, New Braunfels was the fourth largest city in Texas. That's kind of hard to believe, isn't it? Something. Now the question is, what were the three bigger ones? <clears throat> okay. I, I'll guess. All right. I'm going to say well, everybody Houston has to... was probably, 
I'll say Houston, Galveston, San Antonio. Well, that's three. I got three of them so far. If we're number four. There's only three in front of us. So, so. Oh, okay. So did I get them right? No. Oh. <laughs> you got two. Galveston was okay. one, and San Antonio right. was one. But the third one is not really me. tough, and it's not too far from where you grew up. Really? And it involved cattle. Where's Cowtown? I mean, Fort Worth, I guess. Fort Worth. Was because it, really? it was on it was on the cattle drive trail. So those were the three larger cities than New Braunfels. That's pretty hard to believe that at one time in the history of Texas that New Braunfels was the fourth largest city. So at so least growth's always been a thing here. What's that? Growth has always been a thing here, I guess. Right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you for being our guest on our our maiden voyage broadcast or podcast or whatever cast we're having. But, uh, but anyway, thanks a bunch. And, and, uh, I hope I can repay the favor sometime. If, uh, if you ever get into, you know, needing some, some clown for something like this for me. All right. I'll do some clown for clown. No, I appreciate you having me. And, uh, you know, thanks for all you do in our community. Um, you know, you're, well, thank you for all you, you don't do. get the accolades you deserve. All right. Well, thank you very much for being here. And with that, we will sign off. Bye, Nathan. Thank you for joining us today for the Langley and Benack podcast. Please subscribe to get the latest updates. If you would like to meet with one of our attorneys, please contact us through our website, www.langleybenack.com or call us at 210-736-6600.